Today's guest is Kitty Nix. She's a senior manager on the DHS account team at Amazon Web Services. And, and Kitty and I go back all the way, I mean, not very long ago, but 2018 still quite, it feels forever ago with COVID between us and then. Um, and we both participated in the ACT-AG Partners Program and got to know each other in that leadership development program. So thank you so much for joining me today, Kitty. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. It's fun to be a geek. <laughs> so talk a bit. So there's, there are many people who haven't probably had an opportunity to meet you at a networking event or through ACT-IAC or through the work you do with AWS. Talk a bit about yourself. Where are you from, uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. So I grew up in Northern Virginia. I'm one of those rare folks who actually is from here. I was not born here. My dad was State Department, so I was born overseas in Turkey, but he retired when I was two and worked on the Hill. And so we moved to Reston and I stayed there until I went to college. And then I came back and have been working in government consulting since 1995. Wow. So now rolling that back, uh, you went to college wh where and what did you go to study? So I went to college at JMU in Harrisonburg, in Virginia. I did not go there with a plan in mind of what my major was going to be beyond business. I knew I was going to major in business, but I didn't know what area of finance, accounting, computers, marketing, mm -hmm. just knew it was going to be business. I chose JMU mostly on feel and culture. You know, I didn't even apply to UVA. That wasn't my thing. I didn't apply to tech. It was too big and overwhelming. So I was pretty much all in on JMU or else I was going to Colorado State or University of Colorado Boulder oh. because I love to ski. Well, not as much anymore, but I used to ski a ton now, just a little. <laughs> and what was, uh, what, uh, uh, ah, what, program did you go for? Uh, well, I ended up in computer information systems. Okay. But that was, I mean, I hate to say it, it was literally dumb luck. I, so my sophomore year, I had to declare what my concentration was going to be in my bachelor's of business administration. And so I talked to a number of friends who uh, were also in the business school that were older than me to figure out how they made the decision. Cause I just, it, it hadn't popped out. And a couple folks told me computer information systems was the no-brainer. So mm. I declared that major. I absolutely loved database normalizing. And I actually liked writing COBOL. I kind of wish that I still knew how to write COBOL because I could make a ton of money <laughs> if I could write some <laughs> COBOL. Um, but I don't know how. So so ended up doing that and and it was really fortunate. It worked out well because I got an internship at Cooper's and Libran. If you remember, that was one of the big six back in the day. And then I by the time my internship was over, I had an offer. So I went into my senior year of college knowing that I had a job at a company I loved. I feel so fortunate to have grown up professionally at Cooper's and Library and one of the big six. The combination of the structure and consulting skills and customer service focus, it just was phenomenal. And I still remember the managing partner, Joe Kehoe, was an incredible leader. Um, his name is still recognized out and about around town. It's it's awesome. Wow. And that that's pretty amazing to have that internship roll you into a job that far in advance, right? A lot of people are graduating hoping their internship's going to turn into something. 
Yeah, it you know it was a little bit of a different time, definitely. You know, we've had some ups and downs, and there's been some periods where it's been very hard for college graduates to find jobs. So I, I feel very, very fortunate. It's a combination, I believe, of working hard and being prepared, but also timing and and patience and a little bit of luck at at times. So it turned out I actually didn't love um, the technical jobs. Once I got into the workforce, I liked, I'm pretty extroverted like you, and I like engaging with people. I like the business analyst roles more and then ended up going on a management track and, and that was better suited for me long-term, but that degree really laid a solid foundation that was extremely marketable at that time. I mean, still quite honestly, still is marketable. And, I had a couple of different opportunities, but I was, I was all in on Coopers and Libran. And it's, it's funny because I, I've had lots of wonderful experiences throughout my career. I've worked at large companies. I've worked at small companies, always on the industry side, supporting government. Um, and Coopers and Libran and AWS are kind of like my flagship career experiences. And I, I hope they're my bookends. I mean, I would love to, when I retire, retire from AWS. It, I absolutely love working at AWS. That's amazing. So then uh, what are some interesting job transitions you had in terms of like the decision-making processes to, to, you know, everybody goes, oh, should I change? Should I go someplace else? What are some interesting ones for you? Yeah. So this is going to sound a little kooky, but I, I believe in energies and the universe and I'm spiritual and I believe that you know there's someone taking care of me, an angel up there, even things that I was devastated and thought were horrible related to my career ended up being such blessings in disguises looking back. And I have always, it's kind of like the major I picked and the internship, things have just fallen into place because I've worked hard and I've made good choices and things have worked out. So so along those lines, I was at Cooper's and Libran, loved it, loved my team. Still, I'm still connected with folks that I worked with. Um, absolutely love it. Well, as you know, Pricewaterhouse Coopers and uh, Pricewaterhouse and Cooper's and Libran merged to become Pricewaterhouse Coopers. Right. The cultures of those two organizations could not have been more different. Mm-hmm. Was not a fantastic fit. I didn't. I didn't feel as connected to the organization after the merger as I did um, before. And actually a lot of the leaders that I worked for and admired and my mentors actually ended up leaving. And so after about a year, a year after the merger, I was recruited by a couple different leaders. I had the choice to go to Oracle or to go to a small business. And Oh my gosh, it was so difficult to make that decision. I almost actually got an offer rescinded from the small business where I ended up going because I was taking so long uh, to make the decision because I respected both folks that were recruiting me so much. So I ended up going with the small business. It was so fun. It was 1999 at that point. And it was the midst of the dot-com boom where there's foosball and (laughs) eggs in the kitchen and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, I'm in my twenties at this point. I just absolutely blast great culture. So I was there as the same thing, business analyst, program management kind of role. And we were small. I mean, small. And I love to tell this story. I'm not going to name the company, although they're still thriving and doing very, very well. 
but I uh, was working one day and I went to the printer and there was porn printed out on the printer. Oh, no. And I was like, wow, okay. This would not have happened at Cooper's, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> so I picked it up and went to our CEO and I said, yeah. So, you know, it doesn't like, I'm not freaking out or anything. However, this is going to offend and potentially put your entire company at risk. You really need to think about HR and like putting a little bit more structure in place. This organization, I think we were 3 million when I joined. And he looked at me and he said, I haven't really met an HR person that I like fits with our culture and, and what I'm trying to do and build. He goes, I think you get it and you're smart. Do you want to try to stand up our HR practice? Oh, wow. and I was like, hmm, fun, sure. So I went back to school, got my master's degree in organizational development, took a ton of you know training as well. And by the way, I was I was standing up the practice as all this was going on. Right. The, division starting with recruiting and formalizing things but you know when you're doing HR you really need to understand the laws and that kind of stuff and and so I wanted to wanted to enhance my learning behind that so I was there for almost 10 years and helped grow the company and you know I, I so proud of the work we've done we ended up winning multiple awards for our culture and best places to work and we had we had unlimited vacation days before that was a thing hmm. we paid a hundred percent of health insurance before that was a thing I mean we just had incredible uh incredible benefits and treated our folks so well it was such a wonderful experience um so next transition we were phenomenal another company I fit in I loved it probably could have stayed there forever. We were incredible at retaining our customers. We did quality work. We were not as strong at sales. And now mm -hmm. granted federal, and, and we actually were federal and commercial, but that it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult industry to sell into. So in my head, I was like, it cannot be this hard to sell to the government. Like this cannot be this hard. And I wanted to learn how to do it. I wanted to figure it out and understand it better. So one of the women I knew through the HR world said, you know what, Kitty, I can teach you to sell. She, she sold HR programs to federal contracting companies. And so she said, I can teach you to sell, come work for me. You know, we all we all agreed that was a great decision. It worked for her. She did. She taught me how to sell, and um, it was it was good. It was it was a passion turned into a passion and something I absolutely loved. And so uh, I ended up there for a few years, and then during that time, it was a small business. It occurred to me, huh? It's probably the same amount of effort, roughly to sell projects that are a couple million dollars as it is to sell projects that are a couple hundred thousand dollars. So that was my next thing. I wanted to go and and try it, you know, in a bigger company with bigger projects. So I ran into uh, one of the partners I worked with at Coopers and Libran at Cozy and Reston Town Center. Hadn't seen him in forever. He asked me what I was doing and I shared and he said, oh my goodness, I just started at a large company and I'm part of my responsibility is human capital and training. Would you come work for me and be 
business development. I mean, and we're talking like 30, 40, $50 million contracts, wow. like building training systems for, for uh, department of defense customers. And I looked at him, I said, I have no business doing this job. Like, you know, I, I have very little experience. I mean, I know government customers and the, but I have very little experience. He goes, you're smart. You can figure it out. So I took that job. I am very proud to share that I led the efforts to win a large contract, $20 million contract at an agency that that company did not have work at. And it was phenomenal. So exciting that I think that was, I'll never forget the day I got the email saying that we won. And I mean, I was on cloud nine and again, same thing, folks from that project to my, to this day are some of my best friends. Um, so I should probably pause because gosh, I talk a lot. It's very interesting. And, you, and because your career is, is gone through this gyrations, so I love uh, what you're saying that you did the small company experience and I, I've worked for small companies, 15 people, right? Where everybody has to do everything. And I've worked for very large uh, companies and of course, government agencies. Um, what would you say? I'm going to uh, just ask a question I didn't warn you about. What, how would you describe, not which one is better, but what are some of the positives uh, that you took from each of them? I feel that I owe a fair amount of my success to the fact that the diversity of organizations, size, culture, and the diversity of roles I've had in organizations and in, in the small business that I was at for almost 10 years. I also was uh, in charge of our strategy, helped stand up some marketing efforts. You know, I had a number of different roles. And so to me, it's not a, it's not what is better for me and what has helped me succeed in my career is embrace every opportunity and learn and absorb and understand, try to understand what are the challenges and strengths of a small business and how can we leverage those? What are the challenges and strengths of a large business and how do we play, you know, how in the, all these situations do we play to the strengths and minimize the situations that are, are weaknesses and the same for roles. So it's hard to say what's better or worse. I, you know, upon reflection and seeing that the, the two companies where I really felt at home were Coopers and Amazon Web Services. And again, not to say I loved all of my jobs, but large companies are probably better aligned with my work style and my need for new and exciting information and opportunity, new opportunities. And at, at Amazon Web Services, we have this concept that's called raising the bar. And just by numbers, it's harder to do this necessarily in a small company, but we have an expectation that everyone we hire is responsible for raising the bar of everyone they're working with. And so when you're surrounded by folks that are, are trying to really show up in their A game every day, it encourages everybody to do better. I actually uh, just, we just added a, a new person to the DHS team and she and I work together daily and I love working with her. She uh, is younger than me, has a ton of energy, a ton of great ideas, 
She's so organized and she, every day I'm like, okay, I gotta, you know, I need to stay at her energy level and excitement and organization, even though I'm kind of tired and old <laughs> <laughs> and I've been at Amazon for a while, but she, and you know, I hope, I hope that she would share that there's things that, you know, I'm, I'm helping her raise the bar too. So, so from that standpoint, the large companies are probably better for me. I can see that. So as you've gone through this varied career of different roles and um, companies, what's something you've witnessed that you wish we just did differently? Um, something that if we came to you, Kitty, and said, hey, today you're you're the person with the power to make a change happen that could benefit whatever you've witnessed, you know, what, what would that be for you? So back to the understanding comment that I made earlier about going all in and organizations embracing and learning, it would be phenomenal if there was a way to, at scale, have rotation programs that required a certain percentage of any government organization or government contracting organization to spend time on the other side. Mm. Because the lack of appreciation and understanding for the reality of somebody who is in a federal GS-15, SES, you know, CXO role, you name it, it, there's a lot to consider that industry doesn't always appreciate. And then same thing on the government side. You know, there are folks, I, I have lots of close friends and family that were federal employees that, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll unfairly think that industry is just out there to make money. And of course, yes, we we're, we have, we don't stay a business and we won't be around if we aren't profitable. However, to be candid, I would make more money having commercial customers, but I feel a tremendous responsibility to serve our country and support the mission of our government. And so I I choose to be in this career because it's my way of serving our country. Uh, you know, anybody would tell you I would not have gotten through basic training. So military, unfortunately, wasn't wasn't an option. I would have loved to get the leadership skills that they provide, but I, this is the way we serve. And and sometimes industry gets a bad rap, and that's not always the case. And so I think again that understanding and living and walking in shoes would help us work together. At the end of the day, the, the so much of the challenging problems that we have to solve for our customers in government require folks to come together, meet in the middle and move forward. And that happens best when we really seek to understand first. That's a fantastic idea. I, we could talk forever on that idea alone. Yeah, I know. Um, we will. We'll find time. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I remember, I don't, I've never seen this in the civilian side of the federal government, but I know DOD leadership mm -hmm. yep. has similar programs you know, I know I've known people who were army officers who spent a yep. year at Cisco Systems, right, and worked in, mm -hmm. in a leadership position, but they never left the, you know, the the military. So, I, yeah, what you say has got a lot of merit. I've never really heard, other than term positions where people came in on a temporary basis into government, I know USDS does this, but I've never really heard about like a work share, right, where you bring in some government people or uh, industry people in to work in government for a while. And I'm sure there's a lot of 
you know, conflicts of interest and problems and whatever, but it would be great if we could figure all that mess out to implement this idea you have, which is really good. Well, and so I'm proud to say I'm aware of at least one, I believe two situations where we've done it at AWS. And if AWS and the federal government can figure it out, like it sure. can, it can be done. And, and so again, I stress at scale because it's great for those individuals and their immediate departments, but really change is only going to happen if there's enough critical mass who's had the experience that is helping um, to educate those around them at scale yeah. and understand. So no, I agree. So what's next for you, Kitty? What's what's coming up here in the new future for you? Well, uh, working on a lot of really cool projects. I have two customers that are absolutely amazing that I'm focused on right now within DHS. I love the mission, love the work. I feel honored uh, to be able to support them. Uh, one of them, and this is a problem that I've observed across government, many agencies have this challenge. So for years, we've been building applications using microservices and deconstructing these huge monolithic applications. Mm -hmm. The same progress has not been made on the database side of things. So actually four years ago when I started, Census Bureau was one of my customers and I was on the project to build their data lake for the 2020 census, the first census that was online. I mean, amazing experience. And since then, other customers are really focused on how do we democratize data without having to replicate it or move it, mm. but again, still provide access. And so building, helping these large, complex organization build enterprise data architectures. You know, some folks, data mesh is part of it, data gateway is part of it. Right. One of my customers says, we just call it data swish, data swish cheese because <laughs> we're sick of all of the buzzwords. And I was like, okay, data swish cheese. We'll do a data swish cheese project. Although I was like, could we pick a cheese that doesn't have holes? Because holes <laughs> right, right. that doesn't sound <laughs> so, uh, so we're in the early stages of helping our customer do that. And I'll be perfectly candid. You know, I don't know if my leadership watches this, I might get in trouble, but part of what we're doing is the reality of the government is they've got to be multi-cloud and, you know, do other things. And so solving that problem and figuring out, okay, we got some data in a software as a service over here. We've got data on prem still, we have data in a colo. We've got obviously all of our very important mission workloads are in <laughs> AWS, right. but how do we get access to all of that data, keeping it where it is and be able to enhance our analytics and thereby our decision-making um, problems. So we're probably years away from a result there, but that is a project that I love working on. And in terms of what's next for me, like I said, I hope that 10 years from now, I'm still working at AWS, although I probably will have had three or four different roles at AWS by then. That's one of the things I absolutely love working at AWS is there's tons of opportunity if, if you work hard and and uh, I love the challenge and the opportunity to learn new things. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Kitty, I'm always excited to talk to you. You're a, a vibrant personality and very hard worker. <laughs> and so uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. I Well, I'll see you at the fellows party next week. Yeah, thank you.